Let's get started. Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 1, Episode 18, Old School or New School? Let's get to the podcast. Did you know that there's a new remix of Friday by Rebecca Black? She, like, remixed it or something? I have not listened to it yet, but even thinking about the fact that there's a remix out there that she put out makes me think of the original because for the longest time I couldn't get that out of my head. I hated that song. And it's like, whatever now, because I'm older and I've mellowed out slightly, so it's not like <laughs> it's not like I try to get super, super upset in a hurry anymore. But congratulations for making it to me, to you, to everybody. We made it to Friday, and I got another podcast for you today and another interview for you. It's been a wild week with interviews. I've been really happy to and honored to interview different people from the Melee community and look forward to continuing to do that. So our guest today, JD, is another member of the Melee community and does a lot of cool stuff that I got to learn about in this interview. So please stick around, settle in, and here we go. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are bottom of the smash mountain and i am very pleased very excited to have on another guest with me this evening jd of the very famous jdmh is here with me this evening jd how you doing uh i'm doing great thanks for having me on uh long time fan first time caller uh i've been enjoying your pod for uh for a minute now and i'm glad you like got me on absolutely I saw that you had followed me pretty early on, and I do very much appreciate that. And then I've been trying to connect the dots a little bit. I haven't been able to do as much research on you as somebody more in the public eye, you might say. But you do have a very impressive portfolio here listed on your Twitter. So let's go ahead and plug that at JDMH underscore on Twitter. And we'll probably, I'll probably pull a lot from there but to start us off i'm really curious to hear about your origin story like the beginnings of you getting into the smash community so do you want to take it and go with that yeah um so i started i'm a dot kid first of all uh started around 2014 uh so at my middle school high school it was same school uh it was probably eighth grade freshman year uh there was uh our local library had a thing called game day it was like every wednesday or thursday or whatever where after school uh a bunch of the kids would get together they would have one of the library employees just like off for whatever to to run this and you would have a wii and you'd have like brawl and just dance or whatever uh and the kids just like had fun i guess um and that was really nice. I met a lot of people that uh, I didn't really know of because they were either a grade below or above me. Um, and they, it was a bunch of games, uh, but eventually it narrowed down to Brawl. Uh, and it was just four-player matches always. It was nothing competitive. Um, but they, uh, there was always like this little sense of, of rivalry. Uh, and no one was in the competitive scene at this point. We were all like late middle schoolers, early high schoolers, so no one really knew. Uh, but then one of my friends 
was like uh there's this really cool documentary dude I, th- I think i think you'll like it this thing's like super sick i've watched it like six times now you can come over to my place we can watch it and uh we sped through the documentary i think it was either in one night or two nights because that the first documentary is like six hours um so we we sped through that we were like this game is the sickest thing that's ever existed we want to play it we want to be the best that's ever existed um and so me and them, we started playing for a while. Um, and then eventually uh, I learned about locals. Uh, there was one local in the back of a uh, a card shop. It was on the same day as a Magic the Gathering tournament. So, of course, Magic the Gathering had 100 people. Uh, and Melee was shoved in the corner uh, with about 15 people. It was not a lot of space for the amount of people that they had at that point and i was i was very young for reference i'm 19 now uh and i was 14 when i went to my first local so i was a young little boy uh and i was it was like 15 people my parents were there my friend was there we went and it was super cool it was super sick uh i don't think at my first tournament i ever sat down and played a game I had my copy of at that point Smash Brothers for 3DS, and I was just sitting there like whatever. Um, and I never actually sat down and played, but the experience was cool. And seeing these people that were super good at the game was really cool. Um, and yeah, so like a bunch of people, I was just originally a dot kid that thought the game was sick and found my locals. The documentary, of course, shout outs to Sam Ox, is the is the perfect like catapult into making somebody go, I want to play this game. Even if even if you weren't particularly inter- interested in Smash before, I, I'd say that just about anybody who watches it and you know do- they don't run away at like the first two minutes going like oh okay i see what they're doing they're they're tricking this guy into thinking he's playing against a regular joe schmo but it's really kdj like once you once you settle in it's such an amazing documentary i've (laughs) i've watched that more times than i care to admit but (laughs) um what i what i love to hear and this is different from my own story is that what you wanted to do after watching it was to get into locals and to start playing the game if you could in those earlier days was it sort of after after going to the first few locals did you start thinking to yourself okay i really need to get a hold of this game because i think i heard you saying that you didn't actually have a copy of melee yet or am i am i wrong no i didn't uh i had so at that point i had uh like some people i had gotten project m so I had a copy of Brawl. Me and my friend played Brawl on, oh, that terrible Wi-Fi. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I know but what you're we, talking about. <laughs> but we were both, like, 13, so it didn't matter. Um, and we we were playing that, and then we were, like, because my friend, uh, Shikes, shout out Shikes, they were, like, uh, there's a super sick mod. Right, and we can download it, and like here's the, here's this video on how to do that, and we downloaded it and got it installed, uh, and started playing online with that, and I was just like, oh, this is this is melee, but like the game that I have, uh, and that was 3.0, 3.1, so it was pretty decently long in development, so everything was really polished, and so it was like, oh, this is a cool game, 
um, shout out them. They carried me through this entire thing. They showed me the Facebook group uh, for the Ohio, the area of Ohio that we're in. Uh, they showed me the documentary. They showed me PM. Uh, I think without them, I don't think I'd be anywhere. Um, but yeah, I didn't own Melee. Uh, I ended up getting a uh, a secondhand copy, a used copy at a, like a local game store for like the full sixty bucks. Uh, there's a whole story with that. I ended up giving it to someone, and then they went to college, and now I don't have a disc anymore. Which, uh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> I mean, I do. Like, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but I did, in fact, buy a disc and played on a GameCube for the longest time because um, that was the way to do it. Um, but yeah, so and that was... Were... Yeah, that that was it. It was just... Uh, I started with Project M, and then I got my copy of Melee, and then we played Melee, uh, and it was it was great. And that was my the super origin story of uh, how I got into the Smash scene. So if I saw correctly, Northwest Ohio, that area, right? Yes. Um, around the Toledo area. Uh, so, so not the greatest, but I could, uh, I could, it's, I could be in the middle of nowhere, realistically. Uh, I'm near civilization in a decent city, so, uh, there's enough, uh, people to play, you know. I, I could have been in the middle of a cornfield, uh, like, like some players are. So I just, very lucky for that. Would, would the closest major be, uh, would that be the big house or am I getting that yes, wrong? Yes, by far. By far the closest. Uh, big house, nine, was a 40-minute drive. Uh, and the second closest to Mash and Splash in Wisconsin, it was like four hours. Yeah, so Riptide, this is a little bit of a tangent. Riptide was fantastic because it was in my backyard. It was literally like a half an hour drive. It was incredible. That Kalahari is super close. Uh, and then big rona but whatever that was uh that's that's the story of that fun fact actually um i'm sort of in the same situation you are where like uh in the large scale of things i i am too at the bottom of the smash mountain i've only gone to two majors in my entire life which was frostbite 2020 and big house nine you were no, at big three. house nine. Oh wait sorry, i was a, go ahead. i have three actually it was smash and splash the most recent one and then Big House, and then and then Frostbite, which is only Ultimate. So I guess it kind of it counts, uh, of course, but like not for specifically Melee. So three, three in my entire like six years of being a Smash player. No judges. That's three more than I've been to. <laughs> the uh, Big House Nine, though. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? The, so this is this was this was 2019. So yep. by now you have obviously gotten to a point where you're you're definitely involved you've you've played in enough tournaments by now i would go ahead and guess you have a main but did you go to big house nine with the idea i want to compete or were you starting to get really into your artistry by then because i definitely want to talk about how you got started with that so, so this you- is a this is a funny story i've never entered a tournament at a major i've always been a spectator um Mostly because I enjoy the spectator experience, but mostly because I don't want to enter. Uh, or not that I don't want to enter, I don't want to have to deal with the pressure of entering, because when I first started playing, I was like, this game's sick, I want to be the best. And then I very quickly realized that it's super hard. Uh, and so I was like, uh, for reference, I'd been doing art as long as I can remember. My dad's an artist. Uh, he's a musician and a proper like painter and all that. Uh, not 
super officially, but he like it's his favorite hobby. Uh, and so I learned super early on all art and stuff. So I've been I've been an artist for a long time, like before I went into Smash. Uh, so I uh, I did I got rid of the idea of competing very early on. Uh, I went to locals or whatever and like kind of competed in those. Um, but what really drew me was the uh, the broadcasting aspect. It was it was doing graphics and doing and running stream and doing stuff like that because I'd always wanted to uh, make like YouTube videos and Twitch streams and stuff. Um, and so I yeah I got rid of the idea of competing super early and then I man. 2016 2017 smash 4 was pretty big and uh i went back there was a break between like 2014 and 16 where i just didn't play the game i don't know why i just didn't um and so i came back from a break and i was like this is cool i'm gonna run stream and they were like who are you i what are your chops we don't know who you are uh and so i like started getting into that this is i think what you asked (laughs) Or a, a, a offshoot, I guess. Um, no worries, because you have to you have to talk about how you have artistry in your whole family, which is really cool. And my my dad is also a musician. He's not a painter, but uh, but a musician as well. So I definitely love hearing stuff like that. It's something that we have in common. Although uh, I'm not really uh, an artist, but the 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 idea for you is that you've been doing it long before Smash, and then your your thinking was okay so best in the world that's not me but it's but you didn't get into what you're doing now right away because there were you know obviously this is high school this is there are other things mm-hmm. happening on in life it's not all smash so uh what would you say was the turning point to where you started to get more involved and were you was that through streaming or was that through YouTube or did you just start going, Hey, maybe I could do commission artwork for people who need it or commission graphics for streaming. So that's interesting because, so let's start all the way back, like at the beginning of like my, my online quote unquote art career. Uh, so in 2012, 2011, I was like, I, I saw these animations of like YouTube let's players. And I was like, this is super cool. Cause I was like, pretty young at that point i'm like i want to do one of those that sounds so cool it's like googled a free animation program uh and blender showed up blender the 3d art program uh it's pretty big now but in 2013 2012 it was at like 2.7 whatever it was not uh user friendly and it was not uh didn't have a good lot of amazing features but they just added a 2D painting feature where you could animate on like a 2D plane and you could do it like a proper animation program. And it was all free. So I was like, oh, this is super sick. Um, I never ended up learning how to do 2D animation until uh, a couple years ago. But uh, at the beginning, I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, 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 and then I, was, I just like started playing with the 3D assets. And I'm like, this is super cool. And then uh, I dived a little further into that. I had my... Uh, my 3ds at that point with an app called colors 3d which was uh, a uh, art tool you had like different layers and you could paint on those and it was super cool um and i uh did fan art and stuff but this was before smash right so i uh i just kind of kept doing that kept kind of learning really casually um and then it was 
around the documentary, I was like, this game's cool, right? Um, and I started going to locals. Uh, and then I realized at some point, I'm like, I could combine these two and and do stuff that like Smash has never seen before, right? Because um, it started with integrating 3D assets into a broadcast. Uh, so I ran my stream for my local my local melee bracket, which had like three or four people, and they were like, "We don't want to run a stream for this." And I was like, "Hey, I could do that because I like wanted an in somewhere." The local's like thirty people, so they were just like, "Sure, run it." Um, and so I did that, and I integrated my my Blender know how into the stream there, and they were like, "Oh, this is super cool." Um, and I started doing like uh. This is later on, but I started doing like more 3D graphics stuff, like trailers and promo images and stuff like that for the locals. Um, but it's sort of just like I there was a point, I guess, to to condense it when I realized that the art I'd been doing for so long could integrate with the Smash side of my life, and I could just create something really cool. And this was 2017 ish, uh, and it's just been from there and snowballing ever since you would say oh definitely because uh here's sort of uh, how it integrates into like the bigger smash scene 2018 march 2018 i'm definitely gonna get corrected on that uh slippy came out the original version of slippy uh because it was a broadcast tool all right well it was a data analysis tool before that uh but secondarily, it was a broadcast tool where you had the Slippy app, right? And you could plug an Ethernet cable from the computer into a USB dongle into your Wii. And you could uh, broadcast the data and have a Dolphin window open of what's going on on the CRT, which means no more 480p, uh, no more crusty textures, uh, no more uh, interlaced video. You could have a beautiful 4K screen of how, whatever you wanted as long as your computer could handle it. And I got in super early because I wanted to make the best stream I could with the uh, the equipment I had, I guess, because it was like some whatever computer and like no headsets. I think mean, this is like a Yeti mic. Um, and I was like, this is the one thing I could do to be ahead of everyone else. So I got Slippy super early on. I became a patron and like, early 2018 whenever that was um and i started doing stuff with that integrating the art into my broadcasts like five person locals that had 10 views on youtube it was nothing uh in terms of like the broader scope of the melee scene but um leva from geeky goon squad who runs all of europe's biggest streams um he saw me talking in the slippy discord about stuff i wanted to do and he was like I see what you're doing. Do you want to be invited to this Discord where there are a bunch of cool people and you can learn a bunch of stuff? I was a nobody. Realistically, I still kind of am, but like, uh, I was, I had like 100 followers on Twitter. I was an actual nobody. And he was like, I see what you're doing. Do you want to be in this Discord and learn stuff? And that was an insta yes. So Leva grabbed me and basically just like threw me into it. I knew nothing compared to the rest of these people. Like Juna and Nikki and Leva, uh, and, the, and these people that run these major streams, right? Um, that have been doing it for years. Um, and I got into that Discord, and it was 
the best thing that's ever happened to me in Smash, probably. Uh, I learned so much so fast. I was using Streamlabs OBS, which apparently is very bad. Uh, there's like a different branch owned by Streamlabs, and you can just use the regular studio version. And it gives you a bunch of new features. I didn't know that. Leva was like, you're going to get laughed out of the room if you use that. So I switched, and that was the first thing I learned. Um, and I basically like got tutored in a way, like very vaguely. I just asked a bunch of questions. I got a bunch of answers. Um, and they could sort of like see the potential there. Uh, and I I learned a bunch. And then I originally, uh, or, I, or I integrated all that stuff. And it, the stream started to get better. Um, and then the local started to get bigger. Uh, and we moved to a different venue. There was a, uh, there's some messy uh, drama in there um, for the local group. We ended up splitting off into two different groups. And then we moved to the university. Had a pretty big venue. Um, and we were driven by spite. So we were just like, we're going to make the best thing. We're going to crush them. We're going to have all the people. Um, and so I basically got the stream crew went from, I got, I got promoted basically in the local scene from the melee stream that had nothing to the main ultimate stream. Um, and we added Street Fighter. So I had to run that too. Um, and this was, oh my goodness, when was this? February. Well, if you were talking about Ultimate, then that's end of 2018. So I guess February of 19. Yes, February of 19. Around it was winter out. It was terrible. Um, the venue was freezing cold. We had to. Oh my god, we had to bring in heaters. Yeah. Um, was it? Yeah, I think we had to deal with this because the venue was terrible. Either way, uh, I had to like prove my chops. Pretty much, I had to run. Uh, big stream, big quote-unquote. It was like a 25-person ultimate local. Um, we got a bunch of webcams. We did a bunch of crazy stuff. Uh, crazy stuff as in like an animated be right back screen, right? Um, because I had my motion graphics and 3D stuff, and then we had a graphic artist. Shout out Punchy. Um, and we basically made a super cool stream. Um, and that was me sort of like getting into it further. Um, and then I realized, uh, this was ultimate was out. I was in end of high school at that point. And so I was making, uh, I made a trailer for the weekly. Um, I found a way to import ultimate models and ultimate animations. And I made something really terrible in a weekend. Uh, I literally slept under my friend's Ryan's, my friend Ryan's computer. I slept under it for one of the nights while it was rendering. Uh, and that was like four days straight for like a minute and a half long trailer um and this was at like the peak of the spite days so uh we we had a lot of fuel to go off of uh i have not worked a schedule like that since i think um but i ended up making the trailer and it was bad but i ended up making something right i ended up like actually finishing a product and it was out and it was cool uh and most of all it was better than what they were doing um no, not to throw shade at uh, they're fine. It was just like at that point we were super spite filled. Um, so I made a trailer and uh, I finished that up and I did that, and it was cool. We got people. Um, and then it just sort of, sort of started, uh, snowballing from there in the stream aspect. I guess we ended up running a regional called Equalizer later on. Uh, at its biggest, it got like three hundred people for seven games big big event 
Uh, stream running for that was kind of a nightmare, but it's it's it was a good test. Um, and so yeah, at some point I basically went. Uh, Leva picked me up and went, "I can teach you." Uh, and basically put me in the Discord. I learned a bunch of stuff. Um, and then I met a bunch of people through there. And then I got better. And now uh, I'm kind of at where I'm at. I was a uh, funny story, actually. I feel like uh, I feel like Matt was last episode where you just, just keep going. You just kind of keep talking. Um, Am I a good listener or, or are you just realizing you're now, great? Wait a minute, I got a lot of stuff to talk about. <laughs> you're, you're fantastic. I was actually thinking last night. Because uh, I hadn't, uh, I didn't thought of, I hadn't thought about the road leading up to where I'm at, um, until like, I think about it every so often, but I didn't think super deep about it until like last night or the night before when you were like, "Hey, join my podcast," and I was like, "Who am I? What do I talk about?" <laughs> um, and so I thought about it. Funny story uh, of the stream side tension uh, Discord thing. Um, Nikki, one of the main developers of Slippy and one of the streamers from Melee every day. Uh, super homie. He's so cool. Um, and he was the main one, one of the main ones alongside Leva, who was teaching me a bunch of stuff. And he ended up going. Uh, this was Smash and Splash Five. I have the badge somewhere. Yeah, Smash and Splash Five in 2019. Uh, was my first major ever. Uh, and I was still an absolute nobody at that point. And he went. If you want to come behind backstage and see how my setup works, and you want to take a bunch of pictures, you want to ask me what's going on, feel free. Because this was beginning of doubles or beginning of singles. There was nothing really to do besides run the stream, which at that point isn't too stressful. Um, and so he went, yeah, come backstage, see what's up. And I need to make a point of this because as like, as someone who had been like watching any behind the scenes video they could, uh, learning any sort of like knowledge about how people run the streams because let me tell you there is still no behind the scenes information anywhere about how to run a smash stream about how to run an esports stream there is almost nothing there there is like there's stuff from the nfl there's stuff from the nba because they're billion dollar corporations and they can just afford to throw a camera crew at somebody uh for melee and smash there's nothing so i had leva's tech twitter his second twitter which is fantastic i think it's uh, leva tech something like that on twitter it's great uh it's a gold mine but i didn't have anything i didn't actually know how any of this was set up and so nikki being like yeah come come backstage just uh just see what's up uh it was insane for me it was the best i think i still have like 35 pictures on my camera roll on my phone of just like um a thunderbolt converter his laptop and like the mixer he was using and like how the cables ran to the uh, stage, and how his lights were hooked up. It was like a, it was a decently sized production. That was just for the one stream, uh, and I learned a lot on that one day. Um, I ended up meeting some uh, some other homies from Melee every day. I met Juna that day actually. Uh, I'd I'd say we're good friends now, um, but that day I was a nervous wreck. So I met Juna backstage at Smash Splash Five. I was like, "Hi, my name is JD. I run stuff for for uh stuff in Toledo." And he was like, "He like, I think he had me repeat myself at one point, uh, just because I like was like messing up my words because I was nervous because Juna was sick and I like I've watched his streams for a long time." Uh, and I was like, "Hi, my name is Janie. Uh, and I met him then, 
uh, and we ended up becoming uh, better friends later through uh, through just like interacting in Twitch chats in the Discord and uh, at the uh, one of the most recent points in the timeline, working on Five Days of Melee. Um, but that was great. Shoutouts to to Nikki and Juna and Leva, and I'm definitely forgetting people. Um, but shout out to the streamer homies that got me where I am, basically. Absolutely. I love that even though, to your point, there's no official resources or videos that are saying, here's how to run a Smash stream. And, and as you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, A, oh my goodness, you're right. B, JD, is this, yeah. is this something you could be doing it's for a great the Smash niche. community? I've been. This is another thing I like to think about a lot: is the niches that aren't filled in the Smash community. Um, that's definitely something that's like worth looking into. And I actually um, talked to some of the Melee Everyday guys about doing something like that. It was it was literally me talking to Avian, who runs stuff uh, for Melee Everyday because he's he's the homie. I knew him before. I knew I met him the same day at Smash and Splash Five, and we were just homies. Um, I talked to him and I was like, can we do like something behind the scenes, something? And he was like, uh, sure. And then COVID hit and then whatever. Um, that's where a lot of my stories end. Um, but basically it was like, we wanted to, and it's a super cool niche. Um, but just nothing ever came of it. And like, realistically, the way you do a smash stream is the same way you do any stream. You have a capture card, you have a webcam, plug it in, plug it in, hit go. Uh, there's a lot more intricacies to it, like the scoreboard and how you run that. But there's like Reddit threads. You have to piece it all together is basically what it comes down to. Um, and there isn't a big resource doc of like everything you need. It's better now. It's way better now. Like uh, um, some of the slippy resources are really nice. The website's good um, and you can just like figure stuff out from there. Um, but there's no like document for that, which I think like there should be. Um, I just haven't had the time to get around to it, which is also a running theme of uh, how I do things. But yeah, I think about that a lot. I think about the things that are missing in Smash and the things that we could have, but don't, but should, but can't because of whatever budgetary limitations, people don't care enough, uh, whatever. COVID, think, it's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. but I also think it kind of is because like uh, there's a... Uh, there's just stuff people don't know about like a lot of the process, which I think could be like um not necessarily aired out, but like talked about. Uh and I think something like uh the way like the way melee content is, I was I thought about this is actually in my notes. I wrote notes for this too. Um is hey. that there's like there's this uh there's a new generation of content creators basically where uh so there's people like Hugs and Chillin' and Scar and Toph that have been around forever. They've been doing melee content forever, and like Scar and Toph shows like one of my my uh, was my favorite melee content for a long time. Most of it, it mostly still is, but they don't make new episodes. So uh, it's fantastic. And like Hugs' old streams are great. Uh, his new streams are good too. That's what I'm saying. Um, but there's this new generation of melee content, like you and me and Walt and Awesome Sauce. And I'm definitely forgetting names. And Alston Melee. Whoa, and... whoa. I can't be in the same conversation as Tez, Walt, and Awesome Sauce. Let's just... You are... Smash Mountain. You have been doing this for, what, two months? 
Uh, no, not even. Um, uh, and you have, you've had, you, you have had me, you've had Austin Melee, and you have had Matt.Zeb on your podcast. Uh, for all intents and purposes, you are just some dude that did it. You, you made a podcast. This was a niche that wasn't there, right? Uh, and I think about that. It's just like, so we're all making content and filling niches in the scene where there, there like was something missing. And I think, uh, that's something like, uh, Beyond the Summit did really well was that they had like uh, sketches and stuff, and they filled the niche there, which is why they got popular. Um, and you and you like specifically in this instance uh, are like um, there's a story of like what someone at the bottom of the Smash Mountain going to the top and learning about the scene from the bottom up. That's a super cool idea, um, which is why I like follow this podcast really early i do that in general actually i scope out people uh in the scene and i like i follow everybody basically because i'm like i want to be on that because i think that content's cool and i think that content could blow up like you'll have 300 followers in like two months like, as long as not, i keep grinding but you, you literally say nice is. things is, is i do appreciate that thank you i did notice that you have over 2,000 followings on twitter that is impressive Yes. <laughs> I uh I actually don't mute a lot of people. Um I uh I don't I most of my timeline is just my timeline because like uh I uh my my main my main quote unquote thing is posting art to Twitter. Uh like Nintendo art and stuff like that cuz uh you post a Mario render it gets likes just cuz how that community is. Um, and so like that was my my quote-unquote main thing that's how i got like popular um and so i did character renders i did like smash ultimate stuff like i uh i do a character render of like a character like the day or, or the day after they come out in ultimate i get the files i download them i do everything i make a pretty little render of the character it gets a thousand likes um and it's great um and that goes into like another thing of uh I realized eventually I could fill a niche of like so if you look at a uh a YouTube VOD channel like VG Bootcamp, right? Uh, and you look at the thumbnails and the character renders there are just some in-game shots, right? They're uh they did slippy, not there wasn't even slippy at that point. They did a dolphin free cam and they put Fox to the cool pose and then they took a picture and green screened it. Um uh, and that uh could be improved upon and so i basically went i'm gonna make a new set of character renders uh for year 2020 i'm gonna make them sick i'm gonna make them really cool and i'm gonna make them free for everyone to use um and that like combined a lot of the niches there and it kind of went um and that went pretty big uh that because since it was like a new new thing uh it got a decent amount of traction a bunch of people follow me from that and it's like uh yeah that's my like that's my main thing. But I do follow, to get back to the point, pretty much, uh, I follow um, a lot of people that make a lot of content. Like I, like I like catching things when they first start like this because it's super cool watching things grow. And I think like we need to fill... Then we, there, you said it, I think, on another podcast where there is never enough Melee content. There is almost never enough Melee content. But the good news about that, to your point, there it's not showing any signs of slowing down whatsoever. I think maybe in, in that time I was talking about the, Oh, I can't even remember the context of what I was talking about. Let's get back to, let's get back to the, yeah. 
Yeah. The niches that you were talking about filling, first of all, thank you for the free resource that you gave other people of saying, you know what, you could green screen a, a, a fun little shot from the game, or you can use this super cool HD render. No big deal. Sorry. It's it's funny because I originally, uh, so those models are from a brawl mod called Smash 2, uh, which was meant to replicate Melee. And so they took the brawl models uh, and they kind of just like HD-ified them just a tiny bit. They redid all the textures. They like they basically planted it. They forward ported it into Brawl's engine. Uh, but I can't, in safe conscience, make those and put them on a Patreon. And because that was the original plan, just put them on a Patreon, have people charge like to for early access, I guess, uh, before they like actually came out. Uh, I can't do that in safe conscious when it's not my work completely uh completely in the oh, sense that's of like, that's a really tricky subject as well like i'm sure yeah. you know better much better than i do like that whole like that's, i see people get really upset about taking and lifting and sampling from other people's work yeah and so it's like it is it's a it's a different conversation but it's a whole slippery slope because at the end of the day it's not our game but at this point melee is the people's game i don't care anymore um that's kind of where I'm at. I think everyone else should be at. But basically, uh, those were not te- the work done to make those look nice was not mine. So I only ended up doing Fox, Falco, Marth, and Puff officially. I did a little bit of Peach, which was not even that, and then I did a little bit of Falcon. Um, those are the only ones that are done. And you can check on VGBC, the YouTube channel. The last thing they did was like Pound Online, which was a while ago at this point. But they did use my renders, which was nice. Um. But I have to the funny basically the funny thing about that is I have to redo them all using like the original original models, uh, which has been a pain, big pain. But I do want to finish that. Yes, I've seen recently on your Twitter that you've been. You said one of the tweets you said this game is really old, man. This game's super old. Uh, Hal Laboratories did a great job in two thousand one well, with the technology available then because the GameCube was super powerful. But man. Oh, it's old. So I have to redo everything, but it's fine. Uh, anyway, back to what you were saying. Sorry about that. No worries. So I think what I want to ask you about now, now that we've sort of filled in a few more of the holes, a few more of the gaps of your story, how you have continued to grow. And I love, I love hearing all those things about things that you want to see in the Melee community. And you're just one of the many people, hopefully, that are behind the scenes going, we need to continue to do this kind of stuff. But yeah. I wanted to get back to the big house nine. So, because I, I want to hear from, I haven't actually spoken to somebody who was there at that event. You were there on, on championship Sunday. You saw that, that grand final set between mango and Zane. I have, uh, so I was doing photography basically. That's another weird thing. Um, I never actually sat down and watched. I always had a camera. Cause I was like, I was I was on that grind to a fault, right? Even at uh, Smash and Splash, I never like sat down. I have never sat down on a seat to spectate on a Sunday to actually like watch the game. I've always had to do. I've I've always wanted to do uh, like uh, photography and videography and stuff just so I could have the assets, right? Oh, and that's actually where I met Turn Down for Walt, the homie. Uh, that's a whole other story, but I met him then, um, and basically. I did see that, and I have the uh, the big picture that everyone uses of Mango's pop off. I'm in the background, in his back. I'm behind him, 
by back on the stage. I have my camera up. You kind of can't tell it's me. Um, but I'm, I'm in his big pop-off picture, uh, basically doing pictures. So I did, I watched technically. I have a video of the feed going out and everyone rushing over to the other side of the stage to watch their TVs. Um, because the, I don't know, I don't know what ended up happening there. I never asked because I did know the people running the stream. I never ended up asking because who boy, that's stressful. Um, but the feed cut out and, uh, I have footage of everyone running over to, uh, to see what happened. So that's so, yes, that's so cool. <laughs> yes. Yes. Technically I did watch it. Um, and I do have pictures of both mango and Zane, uh, but I didn't like watch it the way that someone at home watches on Twitch. But I was I was there, and that was a great experience, uh, all around. When also, I was watching. No, go ahead. Sorry about that. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about this. Uh, I didn't have a media badge, because uh, normally there's like spectator, player, media, staff. Um, and I knew because BTS Beyond the Summit was running that event, the stream for that event. Um, and so I knew Envy, a friend of mine who is the videographer for beyond the summit and so i ended up like uh being able to see some cool stuff get some cool pictures anyway uh i didn't necessarily need a media badge i was stupid and didn't get one because i could have just applied but at that point i was still a nobody and my portfolio didn't exist so i probably maybe wouldn't have gotten approved anyway so i've also i was next to the stage kind of on the stage kind of not without a media badge at all <laughs> wow That, <laughs> and nobody was like going, hey, 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 who are you? <laughs> Every major, I was so scared. I, I'm always so scared during Frostbite because uh, Gamer on GDL who runs the big camera rig, they were going up and they were going to go on the stage. Uh, and I thought at one point Gamer was going to be like, you're not media, get out of here. Uh, that never happened. Uh, and I think I have enough wherewithal and enough portfolio to like the next major that happens whenever. I should just like not be dumb and get a media badge. Uh, anyway, what was your question? Well, here's something that I'm thinking of while we're while we're talking. You sound very enthusiastic about all these things that you've done so far, and I can see it in the way that you continue to drive forward based on things that you're posting onto Twitter. So that's really cool to hear and to see. And I'm thinking to myself, one day tournaments will come back, probably start on the smaller scale scale mm -hmm. and then go from there. But once we get back to that first major, I've always, well, okay, not always because the pandemic wasn't a thing sure. since I was born, but ever since the pandemic started, I started immediately thinking about the first time coming back because that's going to be such a big deal. And the first major coming back is going to be like, it's going to feel like a super bowl somehow, at mm -hmm. least to me in terms of if, especially if the top players show up and everything like that. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, we got to document this as, as, as much as possible. So like if somebody came up to you for some reason and they were like, you know what? I have $100,000 to burn. And they give that to you and they go, make the best thing you can do to document this first major back. Like what are some ideas that you would have just off the top of your head of how to document that tournament? I would give it all to Walt. I would give it all to turn down for Walt. I would give it to him and be like, uh, this is not my forte. You handle it, please. Because I, uh, while I can document, uh, and I can do that because I've got like a pretty, I'm proud of my pretty like rounded skill set, I guess. I can do like a little bit of everything. 
Um, Walt is the guy for that, and he's fantastic at it. Uh, he's great at telling stories. He's great at documenting narratives. I think doc- that's a really interesting question because documenting it specifically is uh, it's like a sort of weird challenge on its own. My main thing is like uh, like art, like cinematics, kind of uh, 3D animation, stuff like that. Um, but if I was told to document it, That'd be really interesting. Um, because that's, hmm. I think. That's a super interesting question because that, like, uh, documenting it specifically. So I'd if somebody like... gave me $100,000 and said, do this, first of all, I would go to somebody like Turn Down for Walt or a yeah. community figurehead and be like, you need to tell me where to go with this because I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. But uh, I think one thing that I would want to do, I'd be like, here's the money, but please let me participate a little bit. I would want to work with maybe one or two of the like, you know, top 32, top 64 type players Maybe not a mango, maybe not necessarily a ginger or a zane, but like somebody that that people know, somebody like LSD or Aklo, sure. players that are on the up and up in in the slippy era, especially. Oh yeah. But to to say, hey, I want to sort of not follow you closely throughout the process, but at least have a few interviews leading up to the tournament, maybe one the day of like the championship Sunday, especially if they make top eight or even if they don't to sort of capture what they're feeling in the moment and then to interview them afterwards as well to kind of get like a a complete picture of the emotions and the storyline in their own head of leading up to an event during an event and after the event. And and I'm speaking still of like that first major back that we'll hopefully have someday, I think (laughs) would be really interesting, but I think go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, I think specifically that's super interesting because that's something you can do on a relatively small budget. I think you could have Walt room with like LSD or someone like that and just like document the experience with like his like monopod and whatever cool setup he has. Just kind of filming that. I think you could do I think you could do something like that on a smaller budget, which is just like what I always think about in terms of Smash, in terms of like budget to uh to uh i don't like fidelity i guess so sort of like uh, or budget to quality i think you would call it where it's like uh what what can you do with what's the best thing you could do with the least amount of money and i think something like documenting a major like that you could do for like a thousand dollars no big deal uh and yeah like i said it would be like that would be my own idea of doing something that i can do at a pretty low cost and just pass along Mm -hmm. this magical amount of money if i like again we're talking hypothetical here but yeah what i think the the whole of what i'm interested in hearing from your own perspective is just is it that important to focus on documenting that sort of thing is it important to focus on how it's presented in the stream labs with everything like that and i think what i'm hearing from you says is that since you wear a lot of different hats maybe you would you might describe yourself as a jack of all trades master of none sort of deal that you just have you're you're not necessarily going to say 
oh, I'm that guy that can head up a, an entire project like that or, or do that myself. I think I want to be able to be exactly where I'm needed uh, moment to moment. Does that sound accurate? Uh, I think it's a bit of both because uh, it comes back to like why why I think Smash breeds great people for esports. Uh, you had Matt.zeb on, uh, and he eventually you know he's at Call of Duty League, um, and you have a bunch of other examples like uh, Blur was at Twitch. Um, man, they're none of them are coming to me, but they've happened. Scar, like, Scar is at Twitch as well. Scar is at yeah. Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben SW and Atriox and Toph, they're all at Twitch. They were all at Twitch at one point. Um, and they, uh, they took the skills that they learned. Uh, oh, Matt Deasy worked at Capcom. That's what it is. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what he, that's what he ended up doing. Um, yeah. And I think he had stepped down recently, but that was something Uh, that he'd been doing for at least, at least a few years. That's something I learned from the Alston Melee video. Uh, either way, (laughs) but, um, but so, so smash breeds people that can wear a lot of hats and do a lot of things um, out of necessity, basically. Like, I would... I think I'm good at specifically um, like 3D assets, like trailers and stuff like that. That's specifically like what I want to go into, which is like a, a separate conversation we could probably get into. Um, but it's like, I am good at trailers. I can do those. I can head up a team and I can make one of those and do it. Um... But like anyone else, I I can wear a bunch of hats. It's not it's not like I I I'm not like I'm Ryan is crazy. You had him on what was it last two episodes ago? A few episodes ago. So I, I, listened, I have lost track. I listened I listened <laughs> to that. That man is insane. He he said something like, I can wear any hat in any sort of tournament and I'm loving it. I can do anything you need and I have a grin on my face the entire time. That man is crazy. Uh I can man a TO desk, but I'm not having a great time. I can run a stream. It's pretty fun. Um, I can I can uh, manage players from stream to the uh, the stations. I can do that, but I won't have a great time. Um, so so I can wear those hats, but I don't think it's it's out of necessity more than anything. Can we talk about your portfolio for a little bit here mm-hmm. of what you've done of what you've done recently? I'm just scrolling. I'm just scrolling down. There's all these cool images that that come up, but also a few that I found and screenshotted and saved. the The uh, summit that happened this spring, I believe, or summer, something yes. like that. Smash Summit Ten. Yes, you were the one who did like the like the grass and the like the Pokemon card stuff mm-hmm. style stuff. Yeah. That was all you. Yeah, uh, not all me. So um, this goes back to uh, Nick envy at beyond the summit uh he was basically he and his team i don't know how the team works uh they were tasked with making that trailer uh and since he'd run a discord for a while a a content creator discord made specifically for people that like want to make content and learn it's a super great resource um and he's a homie for putting it together um so we basically met through there uh and he saw my portfolio and then we met at big house um, and then we go back, COVID hits, whatever. Um, we do some projects in between uh, that he was heading up. Uh, there was a 45 editor combo video, which is so sick. I ended up doing the credits for that. Um, and so he knew that I could do good work. And so he went, I have this idea for a Summit 10 trailer that I need to get done. 
do you want to do it? And he pitched me this like insane idea that would not take a weekend or like a week and a half, I think was the, um, the deadline. Uh, and I was like, that's cool. I, I don't know if I can do that. And then I put pitched some like big number for the money. Um, because that's what it would have costed to do that giant, uh, <laughs> trailer idea. And he was like, I can't do that. Um, and so we ended up scaling it down to, uh, the card and the grass shots that we ended up seeing. So those were the only ones that I did. Uh, the text and the summit, like logo on the clouds, those were all Nick or whoever on the video team at beyond the summit did those. Um, but yeah, he had me on for those 3d shots, got them done in a week ish. Um, and then they were up, and that was my first big break, I guess. Uh, I later on had he uh, had me do something for Rocket League Summit 2. Uh, I did like a little looping animation. Um, that was done in about the same amount of time. I think I did better because I learned more at that point. Uh, but super shout-outs to Envy. He's the homie for giving me that shot. Um, and that's how, that's how that ended up coming together. It would be so cool. I mean, maybe you'll come on a little bit sooner than a year from now, but like, just imagine a year from now, the, the opportunities and projects that you'll get to work on. And there's that growth already. I just love hearing that, that sort of thing and how it's been working out for you. That's so cool. And I think one of the, one of my favorite uh, pieces of art that I found while looking around your Twitter today was the journey, which was uh, like, an image that you had found by at just Wharton with mm-hmm. a W H A R T O N of a GameCube on a mountain. Then you're, you said to yourself, well, do I want to actually do a 3d render? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that's almost, what it was. You almost decided right away. Uh, it's a super cool image. So to anybody who's listening, you can still find it. If you just look up JDMH underscore and the journey, it'll probably come up right away. So that's, uh, that's an interesting story because I've known Justin for a while. Um, Justin, uh, he's at Panda Global now. I guess just Panda now. Uh, he does merchandise there. But he is the guy that is known for the Vaporwave art, right? And he has a booth at every event. And my friend Ryan, uh, at the Dooster on Twitter, he's going to want those followers. Um, he's the main TO in our local group. Um, and he's been homies with Justin for a long time. And I met Justin because Ryan was like, JD does cool art. Meet him here. Um, we talked at Frostbite, became friends, um, and he does super cool stuff. Um, and I think his concepts are super nice. Um, and I just like, I wanted to do something big like that, just to like, just to prove I had the chops, kinda. Uh, just to be like this, I I can pull one of these shots off in 3D. And so I grabbed, I found that one on the timeline. Where did I find it? I think someone liked it. No, 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 no. I found it on his website. I think I was just scrolling through his website looking for concepts to do. Because I did want to do something. Um, and I liked his concepts. And I was just like, that one. That one right there. Because that one's super sick. Uh, and I thought, because I had other stuff to do. And I'm like, do I have to, the time to do this? Because um, I had wanted to do a mountain shot before that. And you could see the uh, my, my posts on Twitter. I had basically like learned how to render mountains. So if you see the posts like two or three below that, it's a picture of a mountain, uh, the snowy mountain or whatever, uh, as a warm up. The warm up was for the journey piece, basically. Um, and I figured out how to do that. And uh, it's great because I like, I wanted to do something like that. And Justin's the homie. And I thought it was just like a perfect thing to do. And I just wanted to do like more of those, but time restraints and like other gigs and stuff like that, you know. 
Of course. Uh, but now you know how to do do mountains. Yes, <laughs> sir. Yes, sir. The last the last art piece that I wanted to bring up and hear some behind the scenes about is this sculpture of putting Zane, you know, the Zane we're talking about mm-hmm. here, the player, putting him on a Marth sculpture. Yeah. Um I guess that how does that start? So I've wanted to do um do you follow League of Legends or any other esport like at all? Eh, not really. Okay. Um I uh it's a whole separate thing, but like I think to work in esports and to work on a specific game, you have to take inspirations from every- from everywhere. You look if I'm looking if I want to make a uh, 3D art of of like that the journey scene or whatever like that or make a trailer for an event i have to look and like for reference for uh from other esports right so every year <clears throat> excuse me every year um riot puts out a world's uh music video every single year for the world's finals they have a song and they have a video um in the one in 2018 is called Rise. It's incredible. They got some French studio on, and it's one of the best esports videos I have ever seen. Uh, and music video is great. The song's great. Um, the visuals there, and the idea of a player starting at the bottom of the mountain and climbing all the way to the top and taking out players along the way. That's such an insane idea. And the players in that video are dressed like the characters in the game. Um, so someone's got a sword and a shoulder plate and like a cape and it's it's a uh, it's it's super cool and so I was like that but smash which is like half of the stuff that I do I want to make that but I want to make it in smash so as a super small like trial of if it could work I took Marth's model which I was already working on at that point cuz I'd like wanted to redo um the textures in the model for Marth just to make the pretty, excuse me, make the pretty renders, you know? And so I took Marth's body, I took a sculpt, a base mesh from like an art station or whatever, and I I sculpted Zane's head, gave him some facial hair, gave him some hair, and I uh, basically put it together and then I like posed the model and like, uh, I posed the model the way I wanted it, the way it's seen in the final image. Uh, and then I just sculpted on top of that, basically. Um, all of the the hair details, uh, the eyes, and the... Uh... God, the cape. The cape specifically was fun, because there's a new cloth brush in, in Blender that's super sick, and you can just drag around and make it like a physics simulation. Um, and then I gave it a uh, a fake clay material, and then I made the depth of field super shallow, so it looks like the sculpture is super tiny. Um... And then I rendered out a couple shots. And then Zane retweeted it, which I was super happy about. And so that's uh, a proof of concept of something bigger. Basically is what it comes down to. And I think people liked it. Oh, yes, absolutely. It definitely popped. I love that you have the wherewithal to go, you know, there's a lot of great things happening in Smash, but in the world of esports, drawing inspiration from many different sources, that's really cool. I just uh, I don't know if I have time to watch League of Legends or or, or I mean I guess Street, I think, Street Fighter, but you get it. So it's it's weird because there's like a uh, so you 
consider the way you I, I don't want to look too deep into it, but the way you consider that is that Smash and esports are separate. That's the way you worded that. Where where it's like I don't know if you exactly implied that, but that's the way like people like to think about it because we're just a little grassroots game. We just like to play our game. We think it's cool. Um, but if you if you think about it, there's like a uh, I I don't know if this is super sound, but there's like a gradient of esports in my mind where there's FGC on one side and then like League of Legends on the other, and then Smash is in the center, right? In terms of like community support and developer support. And like how they how they present themselves, um, I think this kind of falls apart because Capcom is super into Street Fighter Five now in terms of like pushing its esports. So I think my my gradient kind of falls apart. Um, but I think that still holds true, where it's like Smash is an esport whether we like it or not. Um, and there's there's stuff that you can take from either side, and to make Smash as a whole better. Right, either well, whether it's by like how you run brackets or how you do streams or how you make trailers, uh, there's like a lot of places to look from in terms of like making Smash better. And I think it's like in the perfect place to do that. I think that's a little off. I think I'm rambling a little off of what you uh, what you started with. But, I appreciate yeah. you going in that direction. That that's you. You have the floor. There's no no problem at all. I like what you're saying. And I wouldn't know as much because I, I more or less, I have to be honest with you, I just more or less ignore the other, the other games that have competitive communities because I, I just don't have, I, I really don't have enough interest in those to get into it any further. And that's I think what, that... That's what a lot of people did. That's what a lot of tournament organizers did. That's what a ton of players do. And it's just like, I like Smash. I like playing my game. I'm not going to watch League of Legends. I don't care about that. Um... And so, and so it's like we get uh this is also me going on one of my rants. Uh I'm not quite old man yelling at Cloud yet, but it's it, we're getting there. Um we're kind of like I think we're kind of like trapped in this like idea of what Smash is. Uh where it's it's not part of the FGC, but it's not an esport. Um but it is part of the FGC. But we don't have Nintendo support. But uh we got kicked out of Evo and Nintendo hates us. Uh, and so we're like we're trapped in this like little idea of what Smash is, and I think like just uh, getting outside of that is super important just by looking at different references. Uh, I will, I think that's one of my crazier rants. I've been thinking about that a little bit. Um, but yeah, Smash is like, um, you people don't people haven't looked at it like an esport, I guess. Uh. Since it was on like the MLG circuit, and that's that's been a minute. It's been a long time, and we were we were this close, this close to a uh, Smash World tour. Although eh. I guess we I guess we also heard and at some point in the Nintendo C and D stuff that they were planning on C and Ding that as well. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Nintendo, that's Nintendo, Nintendo didn't like that. I think that's pretty obvious that Nintendo didn't like that. <laughs> um, oh yeah, there's uh. Yeah, Nintendo Nintendo was super not chill with that. And I think I think I'm sort of done with that. I think that's also another thing we need to drop. I think we need to stop caring. I think most TOs are on the F Nintendo train already. Um, right? But it's like I think we just need to hop on that and like fully realize that we just need to not care because they don't care. Um and just kind of like fully accept that. But yeah, I've I I don't think about like the what ifs of what we got a million dollar prize pot. And what could have happened? 
I just, we're not there, man. I don't know. I don't like thinking about that. And I think what you're what you're saying about there's a, a bunch of different sub communities within melee, but most of them are sort of of the older generation minded mm-hmm. people saying, "Well, melee's melee, and it's our own thing, and we like that, and we're just kind of cool with where things are now." And it's thanks to people like like Fizzy and so on who are continuing to push the envelope because I don't think that anybody was necessarily asking for rollback, but guess what? That was the best thing that happened to Melee since like ever. Pro- probably like the one of the most important things, certainly, if not the most important thing in its lifetime, to have a reasonable online net play and one that is uh, as far as I can tell, according to people that I that I listen to and watch content for from the Smash community, they say I know these other communities, or I know of these other communities, and yeah, we we really got it made with this rollback stuff. We, you, it's sli- a th- thank you, Fizzy. Thank you, the Slippy Devs. They're all uh, you get, we got to bow down, <laughs> basically. Um, but it's like it's a it was a perfect magical storm that melee always seems to get. Um, we always just seem to get real lucky because Fizzy was working on uh, rollback like for like five months before the pandemic. It was going to exactly. come out either way. Uh, and I don't know how this happens, uh, but we always get our asses saved for no reason. Uh, not necessarily no reason. We set ourselves up for success in a way, but like the way that things played out, they definitely should not have played out in that way. If you were like, if you had to plan it out, I guess, like you can't write that. Uh, Fizzy's working on rollback. And then as soon as the pandemic hits, he goes, bam, you have good online now, which like half of the fighting games don't have. We're in like we're in like a perfect uh we're in a we're in a perfect place right now for like this is also on my notes uh like a like a perfect like rebirth of melee in a way uh there was an episode of the Scar and Tof show that they did before the pandemic hit big time uh they were like I think in the Twitch studio or whatever they were doing it was an after hour reads thing and Scar was talking about how this is like the new age of melee this is the slippy era and we're like there there is so much more melee to be played and i think that's like perfect in like where we're at right now as not just a game but as like an esport and a community where it's like uh i wasn't known a year ago you weren't known a year ago walt was barely known a year ago um alston melee who who megalaw right no one knows who they are um I don't remember when the first Austin Melee Top 10 was, but it might have been longer or shorter than a year ago. It was shorter than a year ago. So we're in a a completely different spot than we were, right? And there's like all of these uh, great pieces of content and these great creators that are doing cool stuff. And you have great online and you got a cool community and you got great influencers. There's like, there's a perfect storm happening. And I think we're like, even without Nintendo support, we are we are closer to like quote unquote like success in quote unquote esports than like most fighting games are. And those are That's, fighting I, games that have developer support and everything. What what yeah. I come back to is what Matt Dodseb and himself said about community governance and how it is hard for a community without an obvious figurehead like a yeah. Nintendo. It is hard to move the needle to move that to move that meta if you will, of how the community grows and how we continue to march forward into the future. And I mean, I, think, I, I remember yeah, hearing, I, I remember, <laughs> I remember hearing around a year ago, or maybe it was a, a little bit 
longer than that. People talking about, you know, we should just play exclusively on monitors and not have CRTs anymore. And people were like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I mean, like people and, are going to go, whoa, to like anything you say, right? Right. That is true. That is true. But just like in terms of modernizing and and taking this game and making it our own, you know, that's that is that is sort of where I feel like and you you're you're saying this as well. It's it's almost as if there's a bit of a divide. I don't know how how it splits like a ratio of who wants to continue to push this thing and be like, let's just go all out. Team Akania, let's do skins. Mm -hmm. Let's do more stages. Let's do more characters. And then there's the other side that's like, okay, whoa settle down i've just got used to rainbow cruise being banned <laughs> I, li- I like my crt i i like i like my red bull i like my gamecube controller and i like my plastic chair you aren't taking any of those away from me <laughs> you can't uh, take right? away my gamecube controller you'll have blood on your hands <laughs> you can't take away my GameCubes. um and i think there's like that's super interesting because there is definitely part of like that that has to be listened to right there there is a sort of uh a vanilla like purity to melee on a CRT on a GameCube. Uh, there's sort of like some there's there's as we get closer to like what's the analogy? What's that ship that that like what is it called when you like uh if you if like you rebuild a ship while it's on sea and you go to the I'm butchering this. <laughs> if you end up on land and it's a different ship, is it a different ship? I guess <laughs> I'm completely butchered that. Let's but just it's, call that transformative. I think I understand it's, it's, what you're yeah, going for. It's, it's the idea of how much do you change melee until it's not melee anymore, or how much do you change it until someone goes, "I don't want to play this anymore. I don't like Wolf. I don't. I don't like going on this on it stage. Uh, I don't like playing on this monitor." And I think as we get closer to modding the game and going, getting closer into CRTs dying, uh, in uh, monitors become better. And the way to transfer that becomes the the data becomes better. Basically, uh, we're gonna figure out what we cut off of the melee steak before we serve it. I guess. Um, and I think that's this, that's the, super interesting to me. The spirit of melee. That's that's what we don't want to lose. That that exactly. magical feeling that we but all we remember. Don't... That's the whole thing. What's the, the feeling? It's it's a feeling to you. There's nothing like identifiable about it. Where it's like. There, there is a feeling of melee, and where we're at now, do, do monitors get rid of that feeling? Do boxes get rid of that feeling? Does Wolf get rid of that feeling? I don't think so, but we don't like, and that's where I think we have we reached that. I have never thought about this before. I haven't reached this conclusion. And I think this is great because it's the feeling of melee that's like so important, and what people don't want to get rid of. But everyone has a that feeling is slightly different for everyone else, and. Is if you get rid of monitors, the feeling's gone for someone. Do you change their controller? It's different. Uh, you start playing on a computer instead of a Wii. That's the feeling's gone. And so it's like, in my mind, it's what do you change to make the tournament organizing more efficient, but still keeping the feeling for the most amount of people. And I think right, that's what's because super the players, important. the players will draw in the eyes, and if the players aren't playing, then the eyes are gone. And those tournament organizers have thrown the easiest five-man bracket tournament of all time. Sure, yeah, yeah, right. And it's like, uh, and that and that's like another variable. Um, but that's like really what it comes down to is like there are so many variables that you can change. Uh, so low tier city, the most recent low tier city, running all monitor was a gigantic risk. 
they didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, but they ended up getting a good turnout, and then they ended up getting a lot of viewers. They were in the uh, they were in the Texas Esports Arena, uh, which is a beautiful venue, by the way. Uh, they had a great broadcast there. I'm super jealous of the Tourney Locator crew for being able to run that. Um, anyway, um, there was a giant risk, right? And you have this adapter that no one kind of knows about that HBox was plugging at that point. I think that's what they ran on. Um, and they it wasn't like Hax's method wasn't out yet. Basically, Hax's method is kind of like a little different. To it's complicated. That's another part. It's complicated, but uh. Low tier city running that was a super big risk, but I think something like that, because someone, basically, what my thought is is someone just has to do it. If you want to like be the change you want to see in the community, is basically what it comes down to, right? On uh, if you're in a position to uh, be like Toronto Joe, To Joe is running the next Gommel all monitor. He announced it on his Twitter that like CRTs are just not fun to carry, and so he's going to run the next Gommel all on monitor. And someone just has to do it, right? And that's kind of like what that comes down to. Um, and if people lose a spark because of a monitor, I mean, it's just like, you just got to kind of deal. And I mean, that's what happens when a game grows, right? Because uh, Melee is forever going to be changing. I don't think Melee is ever going to die because we're always going to find some way to bring it back. Um, but it's like, uh, you just be the change that you, you want to see in that specific area, I guess. And to make it personal to me, the reason why I started this podcast is because I, I, I wanted to be the voice that I've wanted to hear in the community. Someone who made something as, as, as complicated as Melee can be sometimes, maybe a little bit more of, hey, you know, I, I, I like to think that I know every technical term. I like to think that I'm good at the game. I like to think a lot of things, but really, in the grand scheme of things, I actually don't. I actually really don't know that much, nor am I a great player, but I love the game and I love talking about it. And, and so, yeah, I, I want to I wanna give you an opportunity to, to finish out your thought there, but yeah, let's, for the uh, sake of time, let's uh, go ahead and give me another rant, JD. Just, just Ooh, take us uh, out into the sunset. Um, what do I got? What do I got? Um, okay, sure. Uh, so at the beginning, I don't want to do this too long because we have been doing this for a minute. Uh, for five days of melee, me uh, turned down for Walt, the homie, contacted me on Discord while he was driving, and he went, "JD, I have something. Do you have a second, like right now?" Uh, and I was like, "Uh, uh, uh, sure," because I had done uh the introductions and outros for his videos before. Uh, I got commissioned to do stuff, so he knew I was good, and so he went. Ooh, that's very nice. And and so he went. He went. Listen, I have this thing. Me and Juna and Matt Dots ever getting together, and we're we have this insane idea for a charity stream. Uh, do you want to make the trailer for it? And I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, 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 sure. Um, what's the deadline? He was like, one week. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can, I can do that. Um, he's like, yeah, all right, let me get home. Let me get this together. That was December 1st. No, 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 no. That was December 6th. December 6th or December 7th? Because the event broadcasted the next week. <laughs> and, so, and so Walt went, I have this insane idea. Matt Dadzeb put this together. Uh... He wants to run this, and it will be up in two weeks. I think it was two weeks at that point. 
Um, it was some insane time management, and my I don't remember a lot of it. I'll be honest. Um, and so Walt went, "Can you get me a trailer?" And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, sure." And so I did that. I got into the Discord. There were about six people. Um, most of them are in this Discord for this podcast. <laughs> um, and so you could probably uh ask them about it. So I got in contact with Radar SSBM, the homie makes great videos too. Um, and Bobak, who is the graphic designer and TO for Genesis. Uh, also a big homie. I had been a fan of his work for a long time in terms of like inspiring me to do trailers and stuff. So I got, that was super sick to work with him. And so he was like, he was like a, a room. I don't remember what it was. He had like a rough idea. And I went, okay, let's do this, 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 and this. Uh, it was not planned because it was three people. Me on most of the graphics, Bobak helping me with 3D stuff because he was also doing the logo and stuff, and then Radar on the music and sound. And we did that trailer about a minute and 20-ish seconds worth of uh, 3D and 2D motion graphics in like six days. Which is a crazy, stupid, dumb amount of work to do in one week. Uh, and we ended up getting it up, and I'm not super proud of it, but it was done in six days, dude. Uh, it was... You know what I thought? You know what I thought when I saw that for the first time? What's up? This is the most beautiful thing that I have ever seen, potentially like <laughs> ever. So do not sell, do not, do not be overly critical of yourself. I was so happy and excited when I saw the trailer come out. I was like, this music is a vibe. I love these, I love this video. And hearing all the stories come out afterwards about how Five Days of Melee came to be, like the more details I hear, the more I'm just like stunned that it happened in the first place. Oh, yeah, it's actually insane. And Matt came later and he was like, I don't think any other community would have done this. I don't think any other game community, uh, let alone general community for anything ever, would be able to do this and put this together. Uh, and I think he's totally right on that. But um, yeah, so I did that and I specifically made it uh i made i made the stills the shots the way they were so i can make the prettiest shot in the least amount of time that's kind of like why that is uh, a lot of those are basically stills that are animated by a camera um and so yeah it was the it was the goal to make those it was very pretty and so i didn't have uh i didn't have to do a ton of work i just had to do a little bit of work and make sure it looked good um and so i did that and it was super great um and i thought before this because i ended up doing the summit stuff and i was like Going back to those Riot videos, those Worlds videos, those videos are super cool. Those videos are awesome. And I like, I want to do that for Smash. It's just like what it comes down to, right? Uh, and I've talked to people, my home is at Panda Global, and I've talked to a bunch of people, not a bunch of people. I think I've talked to Nick about this once. I've talked to a bunch of my 3D artist friends about that, about getting a group together and making a cinematic. And they go, you're crazy. What are you talking about? There's no way that you can get people together and you could like make this happen. Cause I show them rise and they go, this isn't happening. I, there's no way this works. Um, and even if it's on a smaller scale, I think that five days of melee trailer is a good proof of concept of something like that. And so like, I think to wrap it all together, um, my, my really big goal is to have those sort of like big, cinematic trailers with uh great animation and cool effects on like a 20th of the budget that like any other esports cinematic goes on because that's what melee is about right 
It's, it's about it's about the little guy going, no, 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 we can do this too. We can totally make this happen. And just like running it and, and doing it. And I think that specifically is what I love about the Melee community is that uh, no matter what we want to do, we can just figure it out. We figured out 24-hour venues. Uh, we figured out huge live streams. Uh, we rent out a giant theater in California. I literally don't remember what that theater is called, but it's massive and it costs a lot of money. <laughs> um, we put together 120 hours worth of content in two weeks for a 24-7 broadcast. The Melee community can do anything, which is, which is why I love it so much. And I, uh, I'm in the exclusive announcement. Uh, I'm in the very early stages of planning a cinematic with Bobak and Walt. Um, it's very early and it's the concept art isn't even finished, but like expect that some point expect an announcement at some point. And I want that, I want to make that happen and I want to make that the norm. Uh, I want there to be cool trailers at every big major. And I want the next Genesis to have the coolest trailer known to man. That's on jaw. So thank you. JDMH underscore. That is where you can find this man on Twitter. Go drop a follow there. Go tell him that, first of all, this has been a great interview. And secondly, to continue to hang in there and fight the good fight for Melee. I love the fact that you have things in the works. I love the body of work that you've made so far and that you have, despite living a, a normal life on the side as well, that Melee is something that you care so much about and have so much passion for. Thank you for being part of this community and thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Uh, is it just me, or is anybody else feeling, like, really jazzed up right now, ready to do some more Melee stuff? What a great interview. Thanks again, JD, for coming on. Really appreciate the time and all the great stuff that you were giving. Can you believe, by the way, that that was JD's first official interview? Should have been, like, the third or 35th by now, but... What a great first interview, in my opinion. I hope that you all feel the same way. Feel really excited to just do some Melee stuff right now. So thank you again to JD for hopping on. And let's make sure that we make it clear to everybody, JD is available and willing to take on freelance work. That's what it says on his Twitter bio. bio excuse me. <clears throat> so at JDMH underscore. That's where you can find him on Twitter. And give a shout-out. Tell him that Bottom of the Smash Mountain sent you, right? <laughs> and be like, hey, I'm looking for some Melee-related trailers or 3D artwork and maybe even some graphics overlays. All, all kinds of different stuff that JD can do. So make sure that if you are thinking of, hmm, who do I, who do I want to do some Melee-related content production for me? Let JD be the first person you think of. So let's go ahead and get rolling. I want to eventually talk about Mike Hayes' retirement from the Melee content creation and competition side of things, but I am going to get to that at some point. So maybe you can 
use that as like a, ooh, okay, so I'll tune into the next episode. I'm not sure if it will be the next, next episode, but the point is is that it's going to happen soon because I want to pay tribute to a prominent member of the Melee community, someone who I haven't spoken to or anything before, but I enjoy Mike Hayes' content that he puts out onto YouTube, and we won't be seeing that anymore or 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 Mike Hayes in bracket, but... The point is, is that we're going to try to not just have me clumsily go over my words. We're going to try to get to a real thing. So yes, enjoy your morning slash evening slash whatever. What does the cow say? Moo. Moo. Good job. What does the kitty cat say? Ow. Good job. What does the doggy say? Woof. Woof, woof. Good job. Can you say... Linguistic specialist? Say. Good job. That was a good try. Can you say outside? Do you want to go outside? Okay. Okay. Can you say bye-bye? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.